Hey, good morning, Jerry. Nate, good morning. How are you? I am doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. Happy Monday. Yeah, absolutely. We had a pretty good Sunday yesterday, too, at the Bengals game. It was awesome. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the invite. It was fantastic. The uh, I sent you an email. I don't know if you had a chance to, to ponder uh, being proactive um, and what that means to you or some of those uh, in your charge. Yeah, I got a lot on my mind uh, this morning, Jerry, that I, I was taking – taken back to a story a few years ago I was at a funeral back in my hometown and I ran into my old PE teacher and it was Mrs. Owens and I was at least gosh probably at least yeah at least 20 years removed from seeing her probably when I had her in elementary school and she looked almost the same physically she was already woman but you know add another 20 years and I couldn't tell a distinct difference in her physically and I was just I was just shocked and it sounded kind of weird but I was like Miss Owens like you look great you know that's awesome you know uh felt like I was hitting on a really old woman Um, yeah but she said she said just keep moving Nate I've I've walked every day just keep moving yeah and I I just I've just sat on that a couple different times of of somebody being proactive, uh, she wasn't just going to let uh, a narrative of getting weaker, uh, more, mm-hmm. you know, adding weight over time, just that trend that so many people see, you know, she mm-hmm. took a very proactive step and was, and wanted to kind of write a new story for, for herself personally. And, and just knew that, Hey, left to my own devices. If I just kind of start punting and realize oh, I'm getting older, I'm going to stop moving. Then, she knew what the consequences were going to be. Atrophy was going to happen. Her muscles are going to get weaker. She's going to get, you know, by nature, going to have more body fat, all these different things. But that sure. simple phrase has really stuck with me. Just keep moving, Nate. And this, That's good. this thought of being idle is, is rarely a good thing unless it's you're taking rest for in, an intentional time of rest. But other than mm-hmm. that, man idleness is not going to be a good state to be in so that Mm -hmm. was kind of just a a basis that's where i went to initially that's good the the definition that we're using this week is that if you are proactive you make things happen instead of waiting for them to happen active means doing something the prefix pro means before so if you are preact you're proactive you're ready before something happens the opposite is being reactive which is the way that I live my life most of the times or waiting, waiting for things to unfold before responding. So proactive versus reactive. And um, I think that's a great example to kind of launch the conversation is to, to keep moving. So where are some areas going into 2019, which is always fun for me. Uh, I'm an optimist, so I'm looking forward to, (laughs) to great things. So how would you recommend uh, some of us um, to be proactive or consider proactivity for 2019? One thing I've grown in is realizing that time is, is truly our, our most valuable asset. You, you can earn more money, but you can't earn more time and, and being very proactive in how we're going to be investing our time. I know we talked about that a little bit just yesterday of where is our time and attention going to be spent? And somebody recently, my supervisor uh, down in Central Kentucky, he had a really good reference point for our calendars. And he said, our calendars can be one of two things. Our calendars can be our game plan, meaning we've 
strategically put things on our calendar, proactively planned out intentionally our objectives and strategies and actions for the year. And we're already anchoring our calendars and, and taking up and, and putting things and booking stuff and blocking things off that we want to see happen in 2019. So that could be a game plan for 2019 mm. or, we can look at, at the end of 2019 and it can just be a journal of the things that we've done and the reactions that we've made. So instead of intentionally saying, I need to have these meetings or going to this event or going to this conference, it can just show here are the invitations that we've said yes to and reacted to versus here's what we've set out to do and executed on. And I just thought that was a really good picture of is my, is my time, is my calendar going to be just a diary of the, of the things that I've been asked to do, or is it going to be a reflection of, no, here's a game plan that I set out and I've been executing on. That's a really good visual that you just gave me. So, um, and I'm driven by my calendar. So I, I have been coached that way. People have coached me to say, Jerry, put it in the calendar. Yep. And so, and so if you look at my schedule for this week, um, I am, I am, I don't want to say a slave to my schedule, but that I'll just say that for time purposes. So I'm a slave to my schedule, which that planning on Sunday and booking your calendar out for the, the, the week mm -hmm. or two weeks or two weeks out is very proactive. Um, and then journaling, that's really interesting journaling on what happened today or yesterday. Um, gosh, that would be very telling, wouldn't it? From an accountability standpoint. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and there's just I've just seen it in, in so many in so many areas. Something as simple as like landscaping or or, or mowing the yard. It's like left to if there's no proactive action taken, then our mulch beds are going to be riddled with weeds. Like we just know that. And uh, you know what steps do we take to clear that out or you know, plant good things that are going to overtake it. Like there's just, there's so many things in our life that just if left untended to the trend is going to be down and that could be it just, it, it touches everywhere. You know, so sure. I've just been, I've just been thinking about that. I know we mentioned, you know, our, our marriage, our relationship with our kids, our relationship with our coworkers, our um, business development, like all of that. If, if left untended, the trend is down. And if you're taking proactive steps, even if you hit some bumps along the way or have some losses, you're still learning. And I've just grown a lot. And, you know, even at times you just kind of the ready fire aim thing, like go ahead and take action. Even yeah. if you have some missteps, you're still learning and you can, you can course correct, but it's a lot easier to course correct than to, I mean, my bent is to have the whole paralysis by analysis deal where I'm overthinking and not taking action because I'm trying to have the perfect plan, but really it just comes back to uh, a fear of failure or a fear of rejection. So I'm trying to do all this stuff on the front end just to not be rejected, but, but being proactive would mean, you know, go, go at it strategically, but you can't have a hundred percent of the things figured out before you take action. You have to actually just go for it. Yeah. So sure. one of the, one of the things that you and I've talked about a lot over the years is leadership and leadership can be, Leadership can point in many directions. You you can lead, uh, not and I, I don't mean this condescendingly, but you can lead down. So yeah. your your uh, your interns or your employees, um, you can lead and influence them, and then you can lead sideways with peers, coworkers, co ministry leaders, co whatever. 
And then you can lead up as uh, people that um, are either your boss, your supervisor, or people that are authority figures that you've submitted to, um, you know, mentors, mm-hmm. coaches, you can still lead and influence your mentor, for instance. So if you take these, you know, looking at 2019 and realizing that Nate has the ability, just like Jerry does, to lead, you know, lead those in my charge, lead peers, lead upward. What are taking one of those at, uh, at a time? So what, what's an idea that pops to mind as far as being proactive in your relationships, maybe starting with marriage? Yeah, with with marriage, I know I mentioned last time we have that we do like a half day retreat before the next year and, and really just try to get alignment and on the same page. But before we even get into the planning, we always try to make sure we have clean accounts with each other. And if there's any uh, forgiveness or apologies that need to be made or, or, or stuff to kind of any of us have been holding on to, we try to clear that out and be proactive to not let that uh, simmer and then getting on. Getting together, I know for a fact that, yes, a slave to the calendar has a little bit of a neg- negative connotation, but I know for sure if date nights are booked on the calendar and mm. we're proactive about that, I'm going ahead and blocking that off. And I'm speaking to my wife, I'm speaking to myself, I'm speaking to other people when when that's already on there. And when, when somebody says, hey, can you do dinner on Thursday, January 24th? I already know the answer is no, I have a prior commitment because that's our date night. Yes. And if we were if we were only reactive, you know, if if you don't take control of your time, other people will. And those are going to be really hard to get done unless you're proactive on it. So that's one step I've taken in my marriage. And then realizing that if I if I take care of my wife well and I'm loving her well, serving her well, that the trickle down is also going to be I'm going to have a better relationship with my kids through that you know well yeah and and before you jump to the the kids um the a couple things that's really interesting is you said a half day retreat so you and caitlin uh you just the two of you do a half day yeah Um, we we get child care and it's kind of our our we have to plan to plan (laughs) sure yeah 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 you have to to give yourself room and and plan on a time where you're going to plan more (laughs) yeah no that's good that's good. And I, and I totally, it's interesting. And I don't know, you know, it's like when you buy a, when you buy a certain color car, you buy a certain type of uh, Toyota Rav. And then you're like, after you buy that car, that's all you see on the road is that car. Yep. It's like, am I, I, I didn't realize there were so many silver Toyota Ravs until I bought one. So um, what I hear all the time is date night, like in my sphere of influence, the people that I come in contact with, I hear date night all the time. And yep. I don't know, I don't know if it's because that's what I want to hear or that that's becoming in vogue. I, I don't remember hearing date nights when I was younger. And so I, I, I do a date night. It's uh, of all the things of the countless things I do poorly in my marriage one of the things that that we do well is we have consistent date nights. So I, I totally subscribe to your um, your point of view of the importance of the date night. What I've not, never done with my wife is like a half day intentional retreat. So I'm going to have to think about that. I think it. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And, and I like we, what you said. Sorry. Clean accounts. I think mm. that's another good. I mean, that's powerful. You know what? 
Um, yeah, go, yeah, that, that, that's a great question for me to ask my wife. It's uh, dangerous, but I'm, I'm going to, I just put a star next to that. I'm, I'm going to ask my wife that. That's a great, great, great question. Go ahead. What you're saying? Yeah. Well, just, just to the clean accounts part, it just that will affect the success of, of everything else of the rest of the conversation. You know, if, if yeah, it will everything will go so much smoother if we know that relationally we're we're as as good as we can be. Uh, and then I would say we would even do more time than a half day because we all we're always left wanting more. Yeah. But just by with three kids under five, like it, it's just it's just tougher to pull off, you know. But if once we get, yeah. I I could envision, once we have older kids, uh, or later on in life, I mean, doing more of like a twenty four hour deal, like an overnight, like a real unplug, yeah. and we can do a deeper dive into stuff. But right now, yeah. just seasonal life, half day is what we got. Yeah. And and that one half day leads into other. It sets the groundwork for future conversations, too. It's not just a, a half day. OK, here's our 2019 talk. It starts a, a, a conversation. That's really year, good. Yeah. Which is good. So then let's transition into kids. So what do you what's what's some of your observations? Um, you've got a very young family. So, um, you know, for speaking from experience um, and I can speak on the other end because I'm almost an empty nester. And so from your perspective, um, how would you encourage us to be proactive uh, with our kids? What are some things that resonate with you? Uh, for me, my perspective right now is to not only be caught up in the very short term results or outcomes of something. So, for example, a really high value for my wife and I is to pass our faith on to our kids. And we started before our oldest could even really articulate anything, we started to pray over him nightly. And then we had this, we bought this book called the Jesus storybook Bible that takes about three to five minutes to read a chapter out of. And that was even difficult to like have him even just not be, you know, it, to keep him in the same room while we were doing that. But mm -hmm. we, st we started that early more for more for us first to know that hey if we if we set this rhythm if we set this thing as just a part of our family's culture and our Ooh. family's rhythm that we know that we're laying the groundwork where it's just going to be normal as he gets a little bit older and older and now that we have two more kids and they're still super young we still felt like that was a really good thing to have a daily and a weekly thing that we're doing knowing that we're not going to know the result or the or the the outcome of that in the near future. Like we won't know until years down the road, but going ahead and planting those seeds already, uh, we've seen things come out of their mouths that have just been, that have blown me away. You know, I like, for example, you know, obviously we're, we're the Christian faith and in the, in the driveway one time, I see my son draw chalk and he, he draws this, this kind of stick figure and it's on a cross and it's around, it's around Easter time. And I started asking him about the picture and he was just, he pretty much laid out the entire Easter narrative about mm -hmm. <laughs> asking him a couple of questions and oh, it's Jesus on the cross. And he went and he, and he came back from the day. <laughs> like all these awesome. things. And, and he knew it because we had been over time. It's like, we didn't even really notice it. There was no one day where it's like, Oh, boom. You know, my kid as uh, now understands that story or, or that part of our thing we're trying to teach him. But eventually we started seeing it come out of him and it was just a really cool, I had to celebrate a win for a moment. And I couldn't point to any one day. It was just the accumulation of those mm -hmm. consistent deposits over time. So that's, I don't know, that's a big one for our kids. And That's good. And, yeah. 
one of the things you said that um, that that hit me also is that when you're proactive, you don't necessarily know what those results are going to be for some time. You said years. Um, however, well, not it could be years. It could be it could be a day. It could be a week, a month, a year. It could be years. Um, it could be something that um, is even after you're gone that you, yeah. the the results are. So I think that's one of the interesting perspectives that I chose to just hear is that when you're proactive, you're not exactly, you might, you might not be exactly sure uh, what it's going to produce or when it's going to produce, but it's a, uh, it's being intentional um, as it relates to your kids. That's, that's really good. And, you know, when they're, when the kids are older, or I'm thinking about some of the coaches that you work with is um, they spend a lot of time with other people's kids Yep. And and kids, uh, kids have the ability to sap energy in certain areas. And so I would imagine for a coach that works with students or kids, depending on the age group, um, when you go home um, to be proactive and engage your, depending on what their age is, um, I could see that being incredibly uh, exhausting. And yet it's so talking about pro, being proactive. It's so critical um, to invest in your, to invest in your kids with intentionality. So, yeah. and I do a date night with my daughter. So tonight's Monday, uh, today's Monday. So we have a standing on the same ways that um, I speak it. And I think that this is a big, big uh, learning or relearning for me is that I need to speak it, that my daughters and I will have date nights and if they blow me off because they got a better offer, then I make it a point to say, um, you know, I'm counting on this and I'm expecting um, you to block your calendar off for me as well. So both of my daughters have vehicles and um, schedules. And so um, I, I want them to make it a priority, just like I'm trying to make it a priority for them, for them to make it a priority for me as well. So going into 2019, what about, um, uh, what about uh, fitness or uh, hobbies or things that might sharpen your saw mentally or physically? What um, what's your what's your take on being proactive for um, you know hobbies or interest? Yeah, the on the fitness side, talking about being proactive. I just just this past week, I part of me wanted to put this off but it, I think it was really healthy for me to go ahead and make it official. So I, I, for example, I got online and just went ahead and registered and bought a ticket for the full marathon flying pig in May, which is still, gosh, what, you know, five, six months away, but making it, speaking it, but also just making it official, having skin in the game. I now I'm going to start bending to that end goal six months, six months from now. So it's a very proactive step that is going to kind of, I'm electing to do it, obviously, and volunteering to do it, but mm-hmm. it's going to affect me because I know I have I've I've put that anchor out a few months from now uh, to do that. I know figuring out and some of it, I love finding ways to to double dip on that. So if there's times where I'm going to be able to train with somebody else to kind of have some good relationship building time and also be training, that I'm going to be very interested in that. 
Um, my wife and I just talked about last night, you know, how can we find a way to to work out together? Both of us are kind of getting a little antsy, kind of that, you know, winter <laughs> cabin yeah. fever kind of stuff. And, and yeah. what, what does it take? How can we uh, find something or find a time to to work out together and we can kind of help build our marriage and also get healthy in the process? So thinking through those things, uh, they don't just happen automatically. You have to kind of look at that. Hobby wise, right now, just with again with with young family and and any any hour out of the house uh, for either one of us, it comes at a cost just because we're the other one's single handedly taking care of three kids. So we have to kind of that's at a pretty high premium. I'm not just going to go be playing a ton or a bunch of rounds of golf this year. Yeah, uh, but you know, finding things that I, a I can I can even do with my kids. Uh, we're just now stepping into he's having his first basketball league uh, and then you know probably t-ball in the spring and you know for for a time it's that's probably going to be a, a good chunk a good chunk of my my hobby time yeah. I was just I was yeah. on, having a conversation with Dale Mueller recently from Highlands and he talked about you know going from a coach's perspective he's like if you're a high school football coach like he was then coaching football while you're getting paid for it and it's your job, it also needs to be your hobby. Like if you're going to coach football, then you probably don't need to be a avid fisherman for that season of life or right. play a bunch of golf too. Like that is also your hobby. So finding things that yeah that you really enjoy that are life-giving and it may not be the typical one, but yeah, for me, honestly, the fitness and the hobby is going to kind of be both for me. Like Absolutely. I've really tracking with, you know, the, the running thing and kind of caught the bug and I know it's still probably crazy for a large majority of the people listening that we we yeah. actually enjoy running and to get the runners high and all that jazz because for thirty years I didn't believe any of that either. Yeah, but, you know that's going to double up. I'm I'm growing personally in my fitness, but it's also uh, going to be a hobby because it's I I feel better. It's a stress reliever. I know I'm I'm taking action and improving myself physically. So I'm gonna I'm a, I'm finding ways to double up on things and not feel like I have to add stuff. I, I agree 100%. And one thing real quick uh, regarding your kids. One of the things, when you set goals, so the, the hobby might be learning to play the guitar or learning to cook or learning to run a marathon. And your kids, even at age five, your kids see that dad is or mom is setting a goal and then they're disciplining themselves to be committed to that. And then they achieve that goal. So barring injury, on May the 7th or whatever it is next year, you're going to run 26.2 miles. But the training, the, the, the race is, is, is finished before the race, right? So you know that you have to stick with that training plan. And the second thing that you said is you use the word double dip, but the, the reality is that most of us have to figure out how to create, um, you know, multiple benefits from one engagement. So, for me, it is cooking. So I, I took up cooking and there's some interesting benefits that happen. So one is when I'm drinking a glass of wine and prepping the meal for tomorrow, then it's therapeutic for me. So you were talking about like an idle mind or um, just kind of uh, rejuvenating or just having some peaceful time. So I've got a very uh, noisy mind. And so when I'm dicing vegetables and preparing um, a meal for tomorrow um, and I'm listening to Christmas music this time of year, I feel invigorated by this. So yeah. it's, a re- it's a really good feeling. Then what happens is I invite one of my leaders over for dinner on Tuesdays. So 
I invite them over on, so I benefited from cooking, right? Preparing the meal was, was uh, invigorating for me. Then I'm inviting a leader over to share a meal with. So I'm, I'm pouring into him. And then the third thing is I'm actually eating. I'm, I'm going to eat anyway on Tuesday. Why not right. eat? Why not eat with somebody? And so I, I have an opportunity to um, double dip, as you said, when I, I do one activity and there's multiple benefits to it. And I, I think one of the great misses is that when you're eating um, or doing normal activities like that, you know, if you're having a dinner with your wife, how can you be intentional with the conversation? Yeah. Um, if you're having dinner by your, or, or lunch by yourself, how can you be intentional to, you know, uh, rejuvenate your mind um, during that time? So I totally agree with you. If, if all these things operate in silos, I think you're screwed. Yep. I think you're totally screwed. So I think it's it, to be intentional and proactive on how can some of these things start to overlap. And so uh, just hitting one more uh, area today, um, or maybe two if we can hustle, is, you know, the, the, uh, your work. Um, and I don't want to uh, diminish your spiritual life, but um, I shouldn't say but. And so work and spiritual life. So uh, being proactive in, in those areas, um, which I just, as I said that to you, I was just prompted to think that my work is you know, my ministry in my case. So, Absolutely. Um, anyway, go ahead, take a swing at that. Yeah. Well, I, I was exposed to something recently too, about just living an integrated life. And there was a guy who runs a company that is full of virtual assistants for people. Mm -hmm. And he's very clear on an, on a full-time admin assistant that they are an extension of, of him as a whole. So th there's no, like, this is business. This is personal. That This is just John's calendar. So absolutely his kid's soccer game is going to affect also his work schedule and that they're one and the same. So thinking about that. And then for me, yeah, absolutely. My spiritual health and my quote unquote vocational work is, is extremely tied together. Just fellowship of Christian athletes. We're a faith-based organization. That's what we're, that's what we're, um, that's how we're serving. That's, that's where we get our, our where we're driven by. And my, my effectiveness is keeping myself healthy spiritually is going to affect my effectiveness in my work and what I do. Uh, I do know that um, a big thing for me has been, has been prayer. I, I can tell I had uh, my other staff person ask me one time and I was, I was just sharing some, some tensions or some struggles I had with a specific group of leaders of just feeling like we're not really clicking or we're not really, I'm just kind of unsure where we're at relationally. And I'm just not really feeling like we're, we're, we're tight right now and, and different things. And there was multiple reasons for, for that to be the case. But Marty, he asked me, he said, well, Nate, you know, ha have you been praying for him? That's and cool. That was, that was, it was just such yeah. a simple question. And yeah. I absolutely had not been praying for them. And yeah. it was interesting two weeks into praying for them consistently and asking them, how can I pray for them? And, and really showing my genuine heart for them and their success as well. Not just, you know, the team outcome that I'm looking for really made a big, a huge stride for me, but that took being proactive because I knew the void of that. You, again, you see the trend, but taking action and being, getting out in front of it, set the table for, for future um, good results that we wanted. And then again, in, in the ministry side, by definition, we are not 
automatically in people's calendars. We are not a required thing in a lot of areas. Um, we are not a revenue generating activity for people. Like if they're in one of our groups or in one of our one-on-one kind of trainings or events, it's not something that they, they have to do or that's going to benefit them financially. It's going to be in other intangible ways. And there's other ways that we add a ton of value, but in reality, we are not an obligatory have to type thing. Sure. And, and realizing that, that we have to be proactive and getting on people's calendars and getting on people's radars and, and just getting their attention in, in the first place so that we can add value at all. And I've found a lot of, a lot of my success has happened when I'm doing something now that my future self is going to thank me for. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so pumped when I look at a week and say, gosh, I have this meeting and this meeting and this meeting all set up. But that happened two weeks ago. But I get to enjoy the, the fruit of that work two weeks ago that I, I felt no immediate satisfaction of booking that meeting two weeks ago. But I, I do get to enjoy the I'm energized by, gosh, I have a full week. I'm packed out. All these are the right meetings with the right people. This is good stuff. And it's I don't have to worry about that this week. It's already taken care of. That's really good. And you see that in sales. You see that in everything else. I mean, you, you can't just, you know, close a deal just immediately. It usually takes a little bit of building up and mm-hmm. making sure you're constantly doing that pre-work. That's right. That's good. The My, my relearning around speaking it, um, speaking it into existence, um, and then my relearning of submitting to authority. I think those, you know, accountability um, is totally different than a reminder. You can remind people to do things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, submitting to your authority um, or um, at, at any rate. So I'm, as, as you and I talked about yesterday, is that I'm relearning to speak it, that I will do these things. And then I'm relearning to submit um, to somebody like yourself from an accountability standpoint to say, hey, hold me accountable to this. Um, for this year to be proactive because I know myself um, that certain areas that are more difficult to stick to it than others. So anyway, it's good. Good talk. I got to hop. That's great conversation, Nate. I will, uh, I will catch up with you uh, shortly. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Bye.